0: Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show, now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive, and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au
1: Okay, I'm Nick DiCumbri. I'm here with co-host Simon gonzo Travellini and co-host Todd Brinkworth. Thanks for joining us, guys. You are listening to the Talk and Power podcast. We are now transmitting on eighty-eight point five FM, where
2: the valley comes alive.
1: Welcome to all of our listeners through the city of Swan and Ellenbrook, Ellenbrook, from, from Bellevue Midland, to Beekbarrow and everywhere in between. So, welcome to all of our new listeners everywhere,
2: everywhere that there's a valley.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're there. Hey. If you're listening to us for the first time, you can catch up with us also on iTunes and Stitcher or go to the Talk and Power website, www.talkandpower.com.au. And for those listeners that are not familiar with what we do, we're a motoring and motorsport podcast based in Western Australia. And we're really happy to be here.
3: We are. Yeah, we are
1: exciting times guys so yeah look um yeah so for those of you that haven't heard of us before and listening through 88.5 fm we're really happy to be here and um yeah you can catch us anytime on itunes stitcher spotify or podbean it
2: was a big big week big week this week
1: big week for everyone this week it yep. was a huge week we had a, a lots of Lots of things happening. We had, had the, the Andrew Grand final. final. Yep, yeah.
2: held was... held in Western Australia for the first time in something like thirty years. Yeah, yeah. No, it was uh... traditionally held at uh, Queensland mm. Willowbank Raceway. Yep, yep. But uh, because of certain circumstances that we won't get into. Yeah, no, we
1: won't. We won't
3: get into <laughs> that here. That's not. <laughs> won't
2: we'll the... we'll get into the politics. No, no, we'll, we we'll leave won't. that alone. And Todd, you you had the Forest Rally.
3: Yes, I did. Down in uh, and Nanup. So that was an exciting weekend.
2: So tell us about the rally Todd.
3: Um yeah, it starts off in Bustleton on the Friday night. Um, in the super special stage based right basically right in town. So uh it's a good thing for the locals a curiosity
2: do they drive up and down the pier? No. <laughs> <laughs> You should put that to the organisers. I think that's a good idea. Would you agree? Nick? Oh I would. Yeah, it sounds awesome.
3: Well, so when, <laughs> when you
2: say they're in
1: the, you have to forgive my my ignorance. So they're they're literally there's a stage in the
3: city of Bustle. Yeah, there's a um a park yep. sort of right right behind the beach is the best way to put it. Yeah, and uh, they run it around there, and it's a, uh, tarmac. So it's
2: and- this, is this similar to <laughs> Year Twelve students getting on the park? and... Cutting up the lawn,
3: or <laughs> no, no, <laughs> we can't talk about that. <laughs> right? We have some, can't
2: talk about what you used to do at Servite.
3: No, <laughs> so, it's actually got some uh tarmac around the outside of this oh, park, okay, and yeah. they use part of that. And yeah, part of it, and,
2: and this is part of the Australian Rally Championship.
3: Yeah, th- this round is, yes, yep. that's correct. It's also part of the WA Championship. Yep, so yeah, it's the first round for both. It's the opening round for the ARC. Oh, and, this
2: is the open, so the ARC. So yeah. for those of you that don't know, this the Australian Rally Championship. That's correct. Mm. They had their first round here at WA. Yes. Is, that, is that normal or is that this year's the first?
3: I'm um, not 100% sure, to tell you the truth. I think it is the norm of recent. I yeah. think before they used to get a Canberra first or something for some reason, but they've swapped them around now. So, yeah. Todd, question without notice. Do we get a lot of support from the manufacturers
1: in this rally or is this um, predominantly privateer-funded?
3: um
2: because we we used <coughs> to with the uh, possum born yeah
3: yeah be. many many years yeah, ago
2: subaru was right into it and i believe there was a toyota I, I think that i worked with a couple that ran an evo in sydney in the australian rally championship and i think there was a toyota team too
3: there is it's called toyota um i can't pronounce the name right now they are Yaris's essentially, and these yep. are the uh, national teams of um, Lewis and Harry Bates. Oh yeah, of course, yes, that's uh, it. Related to the yeah, yeah, Neil Bates. Yeah. Yep. It's very far removed from a Yaris, but they maturity. they essentially have Toyota backing or parts supplied from. But they again they are very far removed. Locally, there is a uh, a bit of support from Subaru and Mitsubishi, mm-hmm. or you'll find there's some uh, local sort of tuners, so to speak. Yep that have a favourite car that will support a few locals. So, yeah. Yeah, okay. No,
1: no just curious to know, well, like, you know, basically how much manufacturer sponsorship or funding is comes from from obviously the being, big side of town.
2: Being uh, um, part of the, the national series TV coverage.
3: Yeah, I believe there's a wrap up on channel 10, I think, nowadays. To um, tell you the truth, I didn't see many cameras down there but uh maybe they were hiding mm. um it does get oh, a lot of press these days <laughs> i think just about
2: everyone uses a gopro to yeah true <laughs> yeah i know that's right yeah um, so they probably had a couple strapped to a tree yeah <laughs> <laughs> some guy with a remote control
3: <laughs> the um one good thing was the actual uh, website was live like up to date oh, yeah? live results which was good to see mm. um even though if you were standing in the forest, you had no phone reception and couldn't follow the live results, which was something I found out the hard way. But yeah, it was a good weekend down there. That's pretty <laughs> ironic really when <laughs> you yeah. think about it. So.
2: <laughs> so you were there and I had more information sitting at home on my lounge. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Is. And, you, and you got covered in dust and dirt. And broke like the press car and some other some other, some other things you might yeah, talk about. I, I heard
2: I heard that you you ran over a boulder.
3: Yes, that's all right. So is that coming
2: out of the talking power?
1: <laughs> uh, the the uh, our fund our credit,
2: limitless credit <laughs> card tip. Right, the next time you've got to do this, you need to approach. You know, super room exhibition. So you need a loan car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do a road test on the way there.
3: I was actually thinking uh, a Ford Ranger would have been quite nice on the weekend, myself.
2: I don't think that's really in the rally spirit. That's, no. That's more like no. what you... Well, you, you they, would, no, they do run a Ford Focus spirit. and a Ford Fiesta. Yeah, so. that's fine, but it's not a Ranger. So you would, you would get a Ford Ranger okay. if you were going to Barba yeah. for the Ute Series.
3: <laughs> for the stadium trucks. Oh, hang on, no, the, yeah, the Ute Series.
2: The, the Ute Series. <laughs> yes, because the stadium trucks are no longer no that's right yeah. so who won <laughs>
3: yeah sorry yeah we didn't, you need to <laughs> yeah, wrap up sorry it was won. uh harry Bates. so um, oh yeah who won just over his uh, young other brother via a very small margin in the toyota so, yeah in toyota and uh locally there was the um O'Dow, um that finished quite high in the results yep and honorable mention was to uh ben Searsy, who normally is a navigator hmm. swapped over to driving um which he's been doing a lot recently and placed uh second overall wow um, the WA series, the championship. So, so
2: this is his first rally.
3: Well, he's done a few in the past, I believe. But he, yeah, normally is a navigator and has transitioned to that's driving. Incredible. And but he's a very good driver because
2: I, I know <clears> if <throat> I put Nick in my car, I don't think he'd finish. there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even start.
2: <laughs> I wouldn't even start.
1: So, no, that's awesome. That is that would be a hard transition to do because I think when you're you're a navigator, you're your mindset is completely different to, to when you're getting behind the wheel. I think so. to
2: differ. I'm sure that as a navigator, he sat there and said, I could do this so much better. <laughs> Many years. <laughs> probably. But I think that about you as well. I reckon I could drive that car. <laughs> but there again, I, I realise that see, I probably can't. <laughs> Nick, Nick, he's actually gone and proven it. <laughs>
1: Good point. Good point. All right, right.
2: before we move on, we might just cut to a break.
1: Yeah, we will. We'll cut to a break, and uh, we'll be back straight after this. Okay, Andrew Grand Final was over the weekend, and uh, caught up with a number of races. Nick,
2: Nick, Nick, where was the Andrew Grand Final?
1: good point simon thank you for bringing that to my attention it was at the perth motorplex so yeah big shout out to all the andrew staff and the perth Motor- motorplex staff as well had us down there and uh, caught up with a number of races um we got some interviews to to do here but i just wanted to cover off on some of the results here you might want to start by telling everyone what andrew stands for right eh? <laughs> yeah, it's a good point as well. Uh, the Australian National Drag Racing Association is the acronym that um, is ANDRA. Uh, been around for, it's this sport's first governing 40 body.
2: 40 years. Over 40 years. Yeah. yeah, so it's been over 40 years with the ANDRA. And they are the only drag racing body that is certified by CAMS. That's correct. And as yep. such, they are the only body that is certified by the Federazione Internazionale. Automobilia, very good. FIA, very well done. Very well done. That was uh, well done. Which which governs motorsport internationally. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Except America. Mm.
1: So look, it was
2: <laughs> it was a great event. Um, Did they off, have FIA on NASCAR?
1: No, 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 no. I don't think there's any FIA. Uh, no, that's not actually not true. I think the GT series is is uh, has FIA sanctioning.
2: Do you in think in, Talladega you know, Nights was a bit of a take of that?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah, I, I do believe so. Ricky Bobby, and what was the French guy's name? Pierre. Oh.
2: Was it Pierre? I, he was sponsored by Perrier. But yeah, I, I can't remember his name. Jean, Jean-Pierre, was it? Yeah. Jean-Pierre. Jean-Pierre.
1: Yeah. Sachin Baron Cohen. I reckon it was one of his greatest roles, yeah. actually.
2: Jean-Pierre.
1: <laughs> anyway, how easily we digress. We went from talking the Andrew Grand Final.
2: Moving on. The Andrew Grand Final. Andrew Grand Final.
1: So in Super Street, we had um, Kirsty Rowe over Ian Taylor. It was a
2: pretty close race, that one. Um, it's good to see Ian... Um, and get into the finals. You know, Ian's been racing for... A long time well, now. more than me. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, over 30 years. Same car, I think, as well. It's, well, he's had that car at 20, at he's least. He's had that car about, yeah, probably about, well, I think early on in the motorplex. Um, he was certainly there. He had a lot of cars before that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he, he had a um, XW, actually. It mm. was a Ford man. Yeah, yep. Uh, so yeah great to see in uh, get yeah. the results and um, the rowe family what what you know what can you say I about know. the rowe family yeah. that their that, that whole family is uh, so entrenched in drag racing in so mm. many classes yeah um, you know obviously the dad way back in the day one of mm. the one of the few people that raced a manual yeah uh, a, a manually shifted um, transmission in in a bracket class so for those of you that don't know. Uh, Bracket class is uh, what we refer to as DYO or dial your own Mm. and it's about consistency. So these guys are that good that they have to nominate a time that they're going to run and they they generally go to the um, uh, the hundredth of a second. So you know it might be 11.11 or whatever but, but generally to the second decimal place. And they, the, the good guys run bang on it. Mm. And, um, you know, back in the day, 30-odd years ago, he was running a manual yeah. um, and, and had that amount of consistency. And that's incredible. And his kids, the amount of championships and races that they've won is, is credit to the, the skills of the dad. I think yeah. it's just been genetically passed on to him. Yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah,
2: definitely. So, yeah, it was good to see uh, Kirsty have that win in
1: Super Street. In sedan, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about close races, Marty Murko over Stephen... You Milius, you, they don't get closer than that one. That and and how like, cool
2: to see two muscle cars. Yeah, yeah. A was Camaro awesome. representing General Motors and uh, an XW Ute representing yeah, Ford. Absolutely Ford awesome. versus GM final. Yeah. Um, both, you know, 1969, 1970... Well, it's Marty's 68, 60... I think Marty's is a 68, yes. Yeah, 68 yeah. around there, and, and the XW, obviously, 1969, 1970. Yeah. Awesome, awesome to see. Both big wheel-standing cars, too.
1: They are. Both both wheels up in the final, and I'll tell you what, there was literally a coat of paint in it. Marty just got there in the end, and he did
2: the... What we said, the, he did uh, the... They'll be pretty... Evenly matched too in mm. quarter mile times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Steve's car goes like a nine zero or nine. No, he's dipped into the eights now. He, he had. He yeah. had, but he told me that he was he was slowing the car down a little bit. Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and Marty's is like a nine twenty nine one around there. I thought he was in the eights as well. Oh, to be maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe he is.
1: Yep. But anyway, Marty. Not only did he win the Andrew Grand Final, he wins the Andra Championship as well, so well done to him, Marty. That's yes, he, d- he,
2: he did the what we refer to as the drag racing trifecta, so he took out the West Australian Championship, mm-hmm. the Australian Championship, and won the Grand Final, yeah, all yeah. in one foul swoop. Yeah. Now, for those of you that don't know the significance of the Grand Final, we have a, a point system in... Uh, these, these classes are the uh, 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 sportsman classes, so you've got Group 2 and Group 3. Um, when you win, you you get basically a hundred points from memory. Mm. It's been a while since I've, I've done this, but I'm pretty sure it's a hundred points. And you can only go to the grand final with a maximum of two hundred. So even if you go to all the rounds around Australia, and win three four hundred points, you can only bring two hundred to the grand final. So. If you want to win the championship, you basically have to compete at the grand final. That's correct, yeah. Uh, because chances are there's going to be someone else that's got near-max points anyway. Mm. So, um, you know, it is a huge achievement. Marty has worked so hard, and his team have worked so hard for so many years. And, and I'll tell you what, um, great to see Steve in the finals. Well, those guys have, this season, have just focused on getting that car to go A to B every lap. And uh, look, it's paid for him in the end, yeah. hasn't it? Yeah, certainly has. Certainly has.
1: In mod bike, we had Chris Moore over Bruce Jones. Really felt for Bruce. Is um, he had a really great weekend, old? Uh, what do they call him? Budgie, don't they? Budgie Jones. Budgie. Budgie Jones. Yes, I uh, had a great weekend, but I uh, just got picked by Bruce Moore in the final. In modified, it was um, Adam Mundy over Angelo Locantro. Um, now, believe it or not, that was top qualifier
2: versus bottom qualifier in the final. You, you know, uh, uh, Angelo's car is an amazing piece of. Is. the amount of awesome. races that he's won, and I believe it, th- did he take out the championship? I think so. I'd I'm pretty sure check, he took yeah. out the West Australian Championship. I don't know if he took out the national one, but I'll tell you what, he may have he may have done the double duty there. Yeah. So um, Angelo's car has got a lot of history. Now, now, if you're ever down at the drags and you get a chance to check this, this piece of machinery out, it's got a Holden six-cylinder engine mm-hmm. and it's the current uh, B modified The B refers to the engine being a six-cylinder. Mm. Uh, a is a V8. Yep. And then if it's, if it's a double, uh, C is a four-cylinder. If it's a double, it means it's supercharged. And it doesn't necessarily have to be mechanical supercharged. It could be turbocharged and or mm. uh, chemical supercharging or nitrous oxide. But um, he's, he's got the track record, mm. and, uh, you know, he's just had a fantastic season. Yeah. And I, I don't think he's been running for that long. No, no, I don't think so either. A couple of years, I reckon. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. three at the most. But, he, you know, he's had some good teachers along the way. For those of you that don't know, uh, he crewed for John Zapier for a long time. Yeah, okay, yeah. So, yeah. you know, he's been around drag racing. He's a good kid. I like yeah. him. yeah. Over in Top Sportsman, we had
1: Jason Arbery over Vlado Turek. Now, this was, again, a very... um, These guys had really great races up until the final. The final was a bit of a fizzer. Unfortunately, Vlado had a massive engine failure um, and went out in the final.
2: Um, Great tragedy, great tragedy. But you know what, Nick? mm. This was a WA lockout. Yeah, yeah. Both these guys, Eastern States races, number one and number two in the championship. Mm.
1: Yep, number one and number two and came to the... Andrew Grand Final and got all the way to the got all the way to the final. Great job to Jason Arbury. a two- what, beautiful looking Capri that one. If you haven't had a chance, Google it. It's a magnificent looking car. Could probably see it driving down the street. Supercharged Outlaws. It was Paul Stevens over Alan Mankoff from Newman in Western Australia. So Paul Stevens in that crazy blown altered awesome car. Don't know if you've seen it. Crazy looking thing. Um, got the job done against a very very formidable Alan Mankoff. Yeah, I think Al's won nearly every other race this season. Yeah, he has. Yeah, he's won practically every, especially in WA. He's won just I think he ran, he ran, he won. Sorry, my apologies. Six of the eight rounds, or five of the eight rounds. Uh, this was one of them that he lost. Unfortunately, got away from him. But yeah, amazing. Amazing race that one's in supercharged outlaws. I tell you what, talking about amazing superstock, yeah. these I'm guys sorry, Nick, that has
2: gotta be the standout <laughs>
1: these guys, you know <laughs> Todd Stacy Well we've gone from group three, we should add, now into group two.
2: Yeah, so so all your group three classes, like I said earlier, are dial your own mm. where well, you have to nominate a time. If you run quicker than that time, you get penalized That, well, you know, basically you lose unless the other guy ran even quicker than his nominated time compared to yours, if that makes any sense. If it yeah. doesn't, read the rule book. Anyway, <laughs> so now we're moving into Group 2. Group Two is a little bit different. These cars are built to a specific set of rules that includes a weight to the engine capacity, mm. and it is a very, very complicated class, and in the days when uh, I was involved in, in super stock racing, we used to play it a lot like chess mm. or, or, or poker, keep our cards very close to our chest. not try and run as much under the index as, as we could. The index is, is uh, now, under the current system, it is uh, half a second slower than the record. So whoever in your class has run the quickest in Australia, they add half a second to that and that becomes a record. Uh, but the rules are very, very specific in, in the capacity of the engine, the chassis modifications, yeah. and so on and so forth. Um, and, and the cars, most of the cars are run in Superstock still resemble mm. the factory cars yeah um, unlike door slammer that mm. look like door wedges or something <laughs> that's what they should call a door wedge <laughs> but anyway that's that's a so so you can run under your index but you get penalized on on the the next round and the way it works is let's say your index is 750 and you run a 650 on the next round your index will be 675 mm. Um, now it, it, this is where there's a bit of confusion if you run uh 650 again it doesn't come down again you have to run quicker than 650 for yeah, it to, yeah. to have an effect yeah. so what you're about to say is that in first round a lot of people destroyed mm. their indexes todd
1: really got todd stacy that is who won over alex uh, Panagiotidis. Titus. I'm sorry if I pronounced your surname
2: incorrectly. I don't Alex, think Todd really smashed his in the opening rounds. No, no, not really. No, not because really, his dad's smart. Yeah, Yep. Yeah. Terry Stacey.
1: <laughs> Terry Daddy. Stacey. He's a very smart man. Yep. But he also got a really good break from Errol Quartermain as well in, I think it was the second round or third round. I'm not saying that Errol got out of it because he thought he had it won. Uh, that's certainly not what I'm saying. Errol may have had an issue, but Todd went out straight to the wall, and it appears, though, Todd's race was done. He was in the in the slippery stuff. Um, Errol seemed to have noted that and got out of it, and next minute Todd was back onto it again and, and chased him down the top end and, and had the race won. So I'm not saying that Errol
2: misjudged might a, it. Might be a new tactic there.
1: Yeah, I really don't know, but it was an amazing run from Todd, Stacy, and um, oh, hats off to to the whole Stacy team. That car's been around now. That's another oh, car. that has been around
2: long, long, long yeah. time. Yeah, and it's
1: just always up there. You know, um, breaking records or it was up there. It's very competitive. This is arguably one of the most competitive classes in, in andrew drag racing
2: really i, I agree with you mm. um but there is two distinct types of people that run in this class you have the ones like terry and todd mm. where they build everything themselves They they built the car mm. um, the engine combination in the early days this car was mechanically injected all the mechanical injector uh, and the way the the enrichment on the fuel system from the boost, all of that stuff, he hand-built. Now it's EFI, mm. right? Um, and these guys have gone, they have gone in leaps and bounds in, in a handful of meetings with the EFI system. Mm. But then you have the other side, which is mm. the checkbook racers, Yep. where they buy the latest car from the US, they pay someone like Bob Book or, or you know, um, like his name escapes me now, but one of the the many pro stock engine builders in the US to build their engines, and they just keep throwing money at it. Mm, Um, And and that's kind of had a detrimental effect on the class, and we've seen the numbers deteriorate over the years, although it was a strong field at this event, wasn't Mm. it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It certainly was.
1: Anyway, Todd got the job done, and well done to Todd. Before we get into competition, we'll uh, we'll just take a quick break here, and uh, we'll be back and just finish off with Andrew
3: Grand Final.
2: so nick we we're, we're back on the on the group two road mm, competition we are. bike comp bike amazing Brett Kana over ross Smith um, that was fiercely fought as well comp bike I must say um, it, it, it usually is comp mm. bike's a pretty tough class and there's some ridiculous classes now i don't I didn't get a chance to check out any of the comp bike action, but um, they have a class called extreme bike mm. so these are um, uh, wheelie barless motorcycles mm. you and i actually were at an event when we saw one flip yes so a massive that's, back flip yeah um these guys have run into the sixes now mm. with bikes that are pretty much a street bike with an extended swing arm yeah and yep. usually a great big turbocharger hanging off the side of them mm. yeah so um so who, who 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 was the winner and runner-up in uh
1: in, in comp bike was Brett, Brett Kadena, won over Ross Smith. He run it up. In competition, or comp, um, as we like to call it, Kyle Putland, what a run he had over the weekend. Amazing run, just like out there, index smashing the whole weekend. Um... And to be honest with you, Sam Galotto as well. They were they had dramas on the Saturday, didn't really get a run in on the Saturday at all, the Galottos, Sam and Lorenzo. Managed to get a transmission built overnight, from what I understand, on the Saturday night, got it back in the car. Still didn't get it to run on a Sunday morning. Their first real crack at it was on the first eliminator, and they ran a six sixty one with it, and then improved on that went a six fifty eight in their second round. These guys were just amazing to watch. But you, Kyle, you don't
2: you don't think that was a tactical move?
1: I don't think so.
2: No, I don't think. Well, maybe
1: it was. I don't know if it was. They, they know, were throwing a bit of caution into the win
2: qualifying. You don't think so? Yeah. Oh, look, I don't. I don't. Not that. Not that I'd ever done that before.
1: <laughs> I'm not saying it was or it wasn't, but like from I, what I, I I've, I've got to thought...
2: look. I've got to, i got to take my hat off, Lorenzo Galotto, When it when it comes to tactics, um, you know, in in all his motor racing, uh, when he was the crew chief for Sam previously mm. uh, in in super sedan, um, he's a smart cat. Mm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they. Bottom qualified, yeah. Okay, yep. On purpose, yeah. I mean, if there's no cut, there's no reason to try and push it. This is why back in the day when you used to get 20, 30 cars trying to qualify for sixteen places, mm. you know, you had to, you had to push it. Yeah, but, but, but top
1: qualifier had the bonus of a solo in the first round, so
2: yeah. But they're throwing that away. Yeah, I know, but um, you know, if you if you go in the bottom. Right. How many cars were there? I think it was a seven. It was an uneven number. I think it was seven or... Seven? Seven or nine, whatever it was. So you're going to race number four, Mm. right? Which, you know, I mean, if it's the same dudes that are there all the time, you know how much under they're going to be. Yeah. So I'm not saying they did that, but, you know... I wouldn't be surprised. Look, at the end of the day, they ran the numbers when they needed to. So they, they, a, they, they went They went to
1: 58, and they were there in the final. And they were in the final. They were in the final, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and
2: Putman runs one of my transmissions. He does. Yeah, they so. don't. <laughs> I just want to make sure we're clear about that. <laughs> but the guys, I mean,
1: yeah, the, 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 Kyle as well had an amazing run. And, look, I mean, we did an interview with Kyle as well, and I, I adds off to them, you know. Nick, Nick cole has had that
2: transmission for two meetings (laughs) yeah 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 he makes he he does mention that (laughs) and uh you know it is amazing how quick they've adapted and they've turned that around and um i'm scared to think how much quicker that car can go they would be altered i guess it's a car yeah kind of it's more like a skateboard (laughs) yeah Well, they were deep into the sixes now, you know, they're they're well and truly. uh... Yeah, but what we had discussed was consistency, Mm. you know, because the thing is, if you've got the horsepower and and the conditions come to you, the track comes to you, the ambient conditions come to you, you can run a number, but you'll only run that once. Mm. You need to be able to go out there and say, all right, the track's like this. What are we going to do to the car to make it, you know? And I think that those guys are uh, getting that consistency now. Yeah. So um as to whether they're gonna run uh you know, a lot of meetings next season because he's busy with the um uh, his his business and also with, with the uh the the ride. Yeah, yeah, uh, the drag drag racing experience. Drag yeah. racing experience, yeah. Yeah. For any, anyone that uh, uh has got a thrill seeking uh a friend or family member, uh, it's a, it's a great thing. Check it out, the drag racing experience. Uh you basically get to ride in a um, Mm -hmm. seven-second car? No, eight. Eight-second car, eight-second car. And, you know, it probably doesn't sound, you know, that fast, but let me give you the tip. If you've (laughs) never been in an eight-second car... (laughs) It's fast. It's fast. I will (laughs) show you that. (laughs) That, That's got to be going, like, 160 mile an hour. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're accelerating from a standing start to 160 mile an hour in in eight seconds and covering 400 metres. Um, it, yeah, it'll get your attention. If you've never been in a drag car before, it'll definitely get your attention. Yep, yep. Think about the quickest thing you've ever been in and yeah, and forget about it because this is completely different. <laughs> and Kyle
1: Putland from Maidervale as well. So, to all the. Oh, he is, the he's mate, he's yeah, he's in the Shire. He's, he's in, the in the Shire. shire. He's in the, the Valley, certainly comes alive when he starts up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that cow. Moving on, top bike, we had Benny Stevens over Les Holden. I actually missed that. I'm sorry. My apologies, Benny. I didn't <laughs> see that run.
2: How good is it, Benny Stevens? It's an amazing story.
1: Yeah. Um, book out. There is a book written by Luke Newhoff, who's a friend of the podcast and an avid listener. Um, great, great book. It's the story of Benny Stevens. Um, if you don't know the story, Benny used to race quad bikes and used to do stunts with quad bikes um, had an accident um, and uh, lost the use... I, I think he, he had multiple yeah accidents yeah yep anyway he's uh, now um, has a prosthetic uh, limb and um, yeah and it's an amazing story Benny and he races the highest category
2: of of Motorcycle. motorbikes yep.
1: in drag racing and so, um, so
2: so this put it in, in perspective, the, the bike, uh, it's a, a, a nitro Harley is what we refer to them. Mm. Um, the motor is around about three liters in displacement, which is you know like more than double the size of most Harley mm. engines. And it runs on nitro methane, which is, you know, for, for lack of a better word, an explosive, yeah really. Um, and these bikes are capable of running deep into the six second zone mm. um, I believe that that there's some nitro harleys in the in the six ones and six yeah. twos now nearly you know on the edge of running a five um, at speeds uh, getting close to 200 mile an hour mm. if not exceeding it yeah um, now it's it's effectively like strapping yourself uh, onto a bomb more yep. or less <laughs> they yep. actually have to wear a ballistic armor on their chest because if the motor explodes mm-hmm. um you know that's the first point of impact is is their chest so um you know incredible courage and, and an incredible story to come back from from Most uh, certainly you know yep. Yep. I, I believe that he is the world's quickest and fastest amputee yeah i think so yeah i think that is correct yep yep
1: and over in the SummerSlam, we had John Zappi over Dan- Daniel Gregorini. Oh, this is the
2: final that everyone wanted to the see. The final. The that rematch. It,
1: it was the rematch. It's been a bit of... Um... <laughs>
2: Rocky two. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: But look, unfortunately, Daniel rolled the beams in the final. And, uh, yeah, obviously, once he'd rolled the beams, pulled the, pulled the red light up, and that was the end of the race. Uh, but Zapp still got it down the track. Bit of a new combo for Zapp, I believe. Uh, still got into the 70s, no
2: problem yeah his has been playing around with a lot of different stuff mm. um, you know partially looking for an edge and partially making do with whatever parts he's got. Mm. Um, Daniel has shown incredible consistency yeah yep. you know he's really uh, matured in, in the um, uh, the racing side in the consistency that they've shown mm. in their ability to read the track and get it to go A to B yeah um, and I, you know I think that those guys, I mean, they're, they're always in the 70s now. Mm. They can repeat that. Um, is it enough to take on the powerhouse of of uh, Moitz and um, Ham and, yeah. and now, um, uh, you know, Kelvin Lyle when he gets the new car? Because um, remember, this was originally a Salemi car. Mm. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, Salemi's proven himself with uh, Kelvin's deal, mm. getting a win for them. Uh, the east coast thunder i think it was yeah yeah so um yeah i mean i don't know if daniel's going to be traveling but i think we're going to get daniel on the show yeah he's coming on we
1: were trying to get an interview over the weekend it wasn't convenient they had diffs to rebuild and and uh, lots of things to do so daniel didn't have the time to do an interview but he's agreed to come on so
2: we'll have him sitting right there or there you know th- this the is the, the sad part about um drag racing at the moment. the the amount of money that's involved in running these types of vehicles and the, the lack of exposure that they get from mainstream media. Mm. I mean, you, know, I, you were at, at, at the drags. You were at the rally. The rally, we know that there's going to be some sort of TV coverage for it, guaranteed, right? Um, I was watching equestrian sports on TV. There were two TV shows, primetime, for 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 equestrian events there's an esports tv show prime time and drag racing can't get a tv show it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous. disappointing it's i mean look to run to run top door slammer you're looking at an absolute minimum of ten thousand dollars an event like, if you can do it any cheaper than that, I'd be impressed. And, you know, the reality is if you're going to keep up with the latest technology, you probably have to not factor another 10 in um, to keep buying, you know, the latest cylinder heads, the latest whatever, differentials, etc., etc. And the carnage on parts, particularly when you're running at Daniel's level with these new five-speed uh, transmissions, is unbelievable. Like, I've been told that they get four runs out of a differential. Mm, yeah um, so you know and then top fuel top fuel is the next level mm, you know yeah. they're, they're talking about not not uh, ten thousand dollars per meeting but um twenty thousand dollars per lap yeah you I've know that. that's crazy absolutely crazy and for what yeah, you know without the TV coverage you can't get the sponsors without the sponsors who are you going to pay for it so I guess if you want to become a, a millionaire from drag racing you have to start off as a billionaire it's yeah. one of
1: the most famous sayings probably is yeah, speaking you know, on, of on that of note, equest- <laughs> speaking of equestrian we should shout out to Beryl on Mondays uh from noon to two you made mention of the equestrian getting oh, tv yes, coverage yes yes she has the horse hotline so yeah shout out to beryl
2: beryl uh was talking about um you know young children getting into the sport mm. she, she was interviewing uh uh i'm not sure yeah it was a wa actually it was a, yeah it was a wa uh, uh club um member uh, about yeah the opportunities for young people getting into the sport. i'll tell you what you know there's a lot involved mm. in, in, in the equestrian deal. Like, number one, you need a horse. <laughs> then, then you need a horse trailer. You need a four-wheel drive to tow it, mm. or, you know, or a big big car of some description to tow it. And you need to commit to that. And if your kids are doing it, man, that's a huge commitment. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, we like to talk about thousands of horses. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> On that note, we'll take a short
1: break, and we'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back. You know, last week we spoke about uh, young Mitch Lana in the Drift Series. He made his way over to Long Beach, California. Todd, are you able to fill us in a bit about how Mitch, how how he went
3: over there? Yeah, so uh, he came uh, 22nd out of uh, 32 drivers that finished the round, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, did really well in his uh, qualifying round. Yep. Um, I'm going to read straight off Mitch's uh, sort of Instagram post here. So yep. thanks, Mitch, for summing up for me. Uh, he learned it was a very difficult track to get used to. Um, so the, the the 22nd was that in qualifying? Uh, overall, overall, after Q, oh, okay. Q1 and uh, final one. I'm not sure how the point standing actually works. Yeah, but works. that's not the battle, is it? No, no. So no. no. I'm, uh, so
2: how do, how do they work that out?
3: I'm not sure. I'm uh, not going to take a stab at Formula Drift's website, but at the moment, it's doing my head in. <laughs> no, that's fair enough. Shout Look, out to I, all I, those at Formula <laughs> Drift. I, 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 I watched the, the, the drifting... Uh,
2: J-Mac, J-Mac yeah, was... Um, friend uh, of the podcast. He is. Uh, he was presenting the, uh, the, the drift uh, series at uh, Calder Park, actually. Mm-hmm. They found something to do with the Thunderdome uh which is pretty cool um and you know like i agreed with with the results they made sense but uh, it is very subjective it's a bit like a burnout show isn't it yeah i mean you know we talk about angle entry angle and you know so on and so forth but um qualifying that that would be very difficult because at least when it's a battle you've got two cars Mm. and you can say yeah look he had way more speed or he had way more angle he made way more smoke, whatever it is that, that, that they're judged on. But in qualifying,
3: that would be tricky. Yeah, I believe I did actually see a bit of qualifying, again with my limited phone reception standing on top of the hill and then up. <laughs> um, they judge it based on entry between cones and angle. Ah. Uh, Mitch tapped a wall. Um, uh, yeah, I did, saw, I did see that. Uh, the wall, very, yeah. good re- but this is his first time. Yeah, that very good first time. recovery from the wall tap. Yep. You'd hardly yep. notice. But it the offset him. Blinked, they wouldn't have seen it. Offset him for the next corner, which then snowballed into yeah. him being yeah. slightly off the entire run. From what I saw, and from the American judges, and, and the car said, that
2: he was in was that his car? No, Forest Wings. Forrest yeah, Wings. see, that's
3: crazy, man. Mm left-hand
2: drive, too, we're
1: forgetting. We haven't... Wow. Yeah. This is the one, the elephant in the room that probably no one has mentioned. There's the fact
3: that it's a left-hand drive. Don't bring that up. Yeah. That's crazy. So he's gone from doing... Yeah,
2: the controls would be... A 2JZ
3: S14 at that. That was, yeah, a fully built car by Forrest Wang, so...
2: And, and, and was it, a, is it a turbo? Yeah, 2 yeah. see, see, so. he He's also used to driving the LS, the Supercharged yeah. LS. Yeah, yeah,
3: that's correct. Which yeah. would be completely different characteristics. That's amazing. Mm. So how did he go, Todd? Well, I said, I ended up apparently point-standing, 22nd after the whole weekend. Um, other than that, I haven't been able to find much more in the results, unfortunately. Yep. So yep. I haven't seen much of the battles. Um, so, yeah, still was strongly through it. But he did very well, and I, he said he's enjoyed the weekend, and... Now, it's a matter of him trying to get back over there again is well, the in, main thing.
2: In, our, in our last interview with him, he um, he made point that, that he wanted to drive as many different vehicles as often as possible yeah. to gain experience. And I'll tell you what, that's incredible. To go from a supercharged V8 to a turbocharged six-cylinder, right-hand drive to left-hand drive, so the handbrakes on the opposite side... Mm. That's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, yeah, no. Hats off to Mitch and and his whole family and the team that supports him as well. Obviously, WA Performance and all the people that get behind him. Uh, Hats off to you guys. I think it's amazing. All right, we'll take a break there, and we'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back. We're going to get stuck right into the supercars, and they were at Simmons Plains, Tasmania. 50th,
2: 50th anniversary yeah. of Simmons Plains. Big, that, big... A lot of history at Simmons Plains. There is a lot of history, which which you alluded to earlier. Do you know who built Simmons Plains?
1: Oh, I didn't know until you told me. So who I'm not it? going to take the credit. No, you can yeah, go it. on. You, yeah, you're, no, you're, you can say it. You're the man of... of uh,
2: there was a lot of up and coming racing car drivers in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. They had nowhere to race. Yep. They had to block the roads to race there. Mm-hmm. So, someone that uh, you may have heard of, Sir Jack Brabham. Oh, yeah. Oh, the name's familiar. Had a mate <laughs> who was a racing car driver, John Yule. Mm. And John Yule owned a uh, property there. I can't remember what, a, what they grow,
1: or. I think they had a bit of sheep and cattle there, mainly sheep.
3: Yeah, it know. was sheep farming, sheep mm. farming, was
2: yeah. it? Yeah, yep. I thought they had something else like llamas, but something like, anyway, Anyway, llamas. <laughs> hey, mate, they're gonna take off one day, <laughs> <Trust me. laughs> anyway. Yeah, uh, so Jack Brabham and John Yule got together, yep, and they built the track. And uh, yeah, it was its 50th anniversary,
1: hmm. yeah, no, it was um great to see Simmons Plains as Todd alluded to earlier uh, off air that the, uh, the supercars missed that off the calendar for three years in a row mm. 2000 2001 2002 so it's good to... and three as well and so, three yes yeah, so four years they didn't go there uh, but back there now and it's it's kind of a bit of a Barbagallo feel to Simmons Plains it's a bit out you know
2: do you out. think do you think that was because Lounsey was driving a
1: Ford it could have been it was right <laughs> at that time wasn't it I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, yeah. it's right, right on the changeover.
2: Some famous drivers. Yep, from uh, you know that learned how to drive as soon as planes. John Bow being one. Yeah, of
1: them. yeah, great Tasmanian. A lot of Tasmanian. Like I mean, if you think about it, Marcus Ambrose was from. Yes, that, that's, that's correct.
2: Yeah, he went on to race NASCAR. NASCAR.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yep. and won at the top tier in the Sprint Cup back yes. then. So, and also in in Nationwide Cup as well, won a race there too. And in the, I don't know if he ever won in the trucks actually, but.
3: Um, I believe he did win in the truck series. Yeah. They primarily got him to
2: do, um, God, him. I've forgotten the name of the the track. Oh, well, it could be uh, Glen Watkins or, yes. Glen or um, Sonoma. Yeah. Watkins Glen, I yes, believe. Yes, that's the one because it was a circuit, not yeah. a oval. Hmm. Because you don't just turn left at no one. that one. You have <laughs> yes. to turn right also. And the Americans weren't sure how to do that. Yes. Going, okay. what do you mean, turn right? But also, yeah, he, was, he did quite well in Sonoma.
1: I'll never forget the year he... I don't know what he did, but he killed the, the ignition in the car, and that cost, him, that cost him the race, basically. Jimmy Johnson went on to win that one. But anyway,
2: that's another story. You know, you know the other thing was he never had two first names. So he was never going to be successful. No, no, he wasn't a Ricky (laughs) Ricky Barbie.
1: Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyway, the Saturday race, um, we saw much of the same with dominance from the Shell Mustangs. It was great to see Scotty McLaughlin take another win. Fabian came in second place. A bit of frustration from uh, up and coming. Got a. Got a ride. Uh, his family owned the SCT Logistics company, and he got a wildcard ride, um, and um, was balked a number of front runners. In particular, Frosty was coming third at the time, and uh, Old SVG really got, uh, made uh, made him pay for that, and got got that third spot right on the last last lap, basically, and um, a bit of criticism there from um, for the young driver. Jack Smith. So yeah, don't know.
2: I, I I just completely missed what you just said. <laughs> so so Jack Smith. Yeah, he was
1: blocked. A, yeah, he was. He was. He was. Um, wild car. Yeah, yeah, he was a wild car driver. Yeah, showing the blue flags and uh, balked Frosty. Didn't let Frosty buy. Even Scotty McLaughlin had the same commentary about what, him
2: as well. What sort of car was he driving? He was in a Commodore. He was in a Commodore. yeah. yeah. Well, he wouldn't have had that advantage of having that ridiculously wide wing <laughs> yeah. that blocks the track like the mustangs do so yeah. i'm not sure how frosty had a problem getting around him no
1: no well he did so clean it he did he did balk him i must admit he did balk him but i mean at the end of the day the, the blue flag is the unsportsman no the blue flag is you're you're a backmark marker pull over because there's a front the lead the lead cars
2: are coming what's, through what's the unsportsman unsportsmanship flag what colour is that one? That's black with a white dot so, in it? Or, yeah. yeah. Shouldn't or they have black, black with like with Sort of, And a lot them. of finger pointing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> shouldn't they, they give them both? Yeah, no, no. You it's know it's what only they blue flags do? On the monster trucks, right? Yeah. For those of you that watch uh, Monster, monster Jam. Jam, right? They actually have the, the, the people sitting mm. up there um, in the control tower have a button that they press and it shuts the... Yeah, truck down. Maybe mm. they need to fit those to the V8 supercars.
1: Possibly, yeah. it's not a bad idea. I always not
2: thought like... that they did, but no, no they don't. <laughs> well, maybe they need to fit it to the Fords. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, we had uh, we had Scotty McLaughlin in first, Fabian Coulthard second, Shane van Gisbergen in third, Mark Winterbottom fourth, James Courtney in fifth. Oh, that was on the Saturday race. We had a bit of a bit of rain. Well, it rained the whole race. Let's be honest. On the on the Sunday, we had a bit of a. It was raining the whole the whole time. Didn't yeah, change it, it, it to wet It
2: was it was kind of hard to say whether it was you know it just change or yeah um, no no I'm just saying it wasn't a definitive. Let's put wets on it.
1: No, no, certainly. You know not. what I mean? It no. was
2: kind of patchy. Mm. Um, sometimes it looked like yeah they're going to do it. They're going to come in now and do it, but mm. it wasn't. You know, it would have been a hard call. Yep. Hey, did you see the problem with um, uh, young Anton
1: Di Pasquale, his gear lever coming loose? It was, I don't know, the explanation that was given after the race doesn't, doesn't add up to me. They said the, the bolt that went in the, um, the rod assembly at the bottom had come loose. But if you watch the video back again, the actual gear levers flopping around in not just the front and backwards motion, but also left and right. Now, if that, that, that bolt had come out from the bottom, there's a bolt that runs through the center of the stick as well. I can't see how it would... I reckon it's the bolt that's gone through the center that's come loose and the, the, the gear lever is just flopping around. Well, I don't... Yeah, anyway, I don't think it matters, does it? And it's it, not a H pattern.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it only goes forward and back. Yeah, I know, but it was... I reckon, that's what I'm saying. I think the bolt in the middle on the pivot has come out and that's why the lever was flopping left and right, frontwards and forwards. Guy, poor kid, had no had fourth gear for, for the. They just kept him out there. Well, would have been quicker listen, to get him listen, in. Nick, all I, just all all I in. say is
2: that in the final, in the final huh. a few weeks ago, mm. I only had third gear. Yeah, I still ran seven seventy and won the race. Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, different, different, <laughs> mate. You know, good, dri- a good driver just adapts to his car. You know what I mean? Oh,
1: poor kid. I, I felt sorry for him. They would have been better off getting him in. Keeping him out there wasn't the answer a guy Screwdriver
2: finished. maybe, you know, if they'd have stuck a <laughs> screwdriver in there, that might have worked. Something look look where he finished. Hang on a sec. Let's where did he finish?
1: So so who was it? Anton Di Pasquale. Oh, finished yeah. 23rd. yeah. But he's so There's only one guy behind him, that was Jack Smith. <laughs> 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 Sorry, I'm not laughing at Jack. Well, was Deep
2: Squally yeah. blocking Jack Smith? Is,
1: is that what happened there? So that's what I don't understand. Is anyway, anyway, that's um, that's neither here nor there. I just felt that. Um, so so that anyway, getting battle. back to Deeper Squally, that's mm. a fairly well-funded sponsored team. Yeah, that's the Erebus team. So he's no, part of the Airbus He's part of Betty Klimenko's yeah. regime. Got, got a lot of talent. I feel he has
2: Anton. yep. yeah, yeah. But but their number one driver, Davy Reynolds. Yeah, Yep. yep. So, you know, he's just there to make numbers. Understand, understand. (laughs) But I think Anton's certainly got talent. They didn't have a spare screwdriver to stick in the shifter. (laughs) It it was in Dave Reynolds' car.
1: (laughs) (laughs) On that note, we're going to take a break here. We'll be back right after this.
2: Now, now, Nick. Yes, we're coming up to winter. Yeah, it's it's a good idea that the listeners, you know, do a bit of maintenance, look after their cars. Mm, certainly, you know. So, so for all of those you, listening, windscreen wipers, washer bottles, make sure they're full. Mm-hmm. Don't get caught out. No. Test T- your washers, wipers,
1: especially this time of the year as well. We get that. We get that funny time of the year where we're getting you know it's still a little bit dry we get a lot of dust on cars also we get the mix of an easterly happening a lot of dust like you look at my car at the moment get a bit of dust you put the windscreen wipers on and it's basically shifting mud from left to right yeah. so so make always... sure your
2: washers are full yep make sure your wiper blades are in good condition mm. and uh you know if you're not sure about how to change them i'm sure that there's plenty of auto parts stores there that will not only supply them for you but change for you. yeah that's correct yeah. yep yep no, that's right Thanks for that, Simon.
1: All right. Tech tips. Tech tips. That's <laughs> <No>, awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, look, we caught up with Andra General Manager, uh, Brett Stevens, at the Andra Grand Final. We're just going to have a listen to um, this interview. Um, so, yeah, just sit back and uh, we'll catch up with Brett. Okay, I'm here with the General Manager of the Australian National Drag Racing Association, Brett Stevens. Brett, thanks for coming on to the podcast and thanks for bringing the grand final of the
0: series to WA. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be over here in WA again at the Perth Motorplex, and it's great to have the final of the Summit Racing Equipment Sportsman Series for the first time in Western Australia.
1: I was just about to ask that, because I've been following the sport for 28 years, and I don't recall the grand final ever being here, so... I thought that was the case. I mean, we've had plenty of Western Nationals. We've had uh, lots of Andra events, obviously, over the years. But I don't recall the grand final being here. So really appreciate you guys bringing that out to Western Australia. And it's good to see crowds starting to fill up. The pit uh, bays are quite full. So, yeah, it's, it's a testament to Andra and what they've done.
0: Yeah, it certainly is exciting. It is the first time that the finals have been here. West Australian competitors for a long time have travelled to the east have travelled to north to race as part of the series and as much as anything this is a reward for those guys that they get to race for the finals of the series in their home track. Yes,
1: certainly look Brett just a question I guess without notice it's been a nine round uh, series this this season any particular highlights?
0: I think because we we move around so much each track Each lot of local races all have their own personality. So whether we're in Mildura or Portland or the Northern Territory, either of the tracks in the Territory or over here in Perth, I think each track has its personality and each track does as much as it can to support the series and to look after any competitors that travel. This year we saw,
1: we saw a return of Group 1 at the Western Nationals. We saw Top Door Slammer and Top Bike, which was really exciting and, and really, I think, uh, paved the way for a, a huge crowd at the Western Nationals. Um, any plans? Can you disclose what's coming up next year in, in terms of Door Slammer or, or Top Bike coming making
0: a comeback? For Andrew to get involved in a, in a Group 1 National Championship again, Uh, We really need to make sure that we have the support of the venues and the competitors nationally. And at this time, you know, the Westerns was a great toe in the water and the competitors there certainly uh, put on a fantastic show and showed that they want to race for that Andrew Gold Christmas tree. What the future holds, can't tell you much at the moment, Nick.
1: No, that's fair enough. And I guess, you know, the calendar is only part of the calendar has only just come out so we're, we're all excited about that I know um, our fans or people that tune into the podcast are looking forward to to see that calendar evolve over the years. One of the other things I wanted to ask Brett was some of our listeners um, may not be familiar with the function of ANDRA, the Australian National Drag Racing Association can you just elaborate a little bit on exactly what you guys do in terms of not just the promotion of the sport, but some of the other
0: functions? Sure, Nick. So, our sanctioning body uh, is probably the, the strict term of what we are, and we do everything from provide uh, the technical rule set, everything from streetcars and roll cages through to the class rules for complicated classes in group one and two. We ensure an even playing field. We also put in the, the risk mitigation rules safety equipment helmets fire suits all of that Uh, we also negotiate insurance uh, which is one of our significant functions so we negotiate insurance for competitors and for venues um, so that they have the best available coverage while they're competing and uh, really boring stuff but it's actually a really important function of ours as well.
1: I think, you you know, it it does, to some of the listeners, it may sound boring, but when these cars are going down the track, um, all these functions are extremely important, so I think the majority of people would understand that the functions of of Andra uh, are not just a, a membership base, you know what I mean, it's a lot deeper than that. In terms of staff at Andra, there's certainly a, a lot of knowledgeable people throughout the organisation I, I know in particular in Western Australia some of the, the stewards down there are guys that have been in the sport for a long time and, and really know their stuff but it's not just the, at the technical side of it, it's now we're seeing a, a whole lot of people through the organisation that are quite skilled and, not, and knowledgeable uh, in, in, their, in their fields, how does that I mean how does that must be quite comforting for you that you've got a, quite a good team below you
0: that's right, Nick. My, uh, my primary role at these events is effectively to hand out trophies because we've got such a, a great group of Andra staff, board members who are volunteers, in excess of 100 volunteers as stewards and technical inspectors and involved in division councils that really actually run the sport at a ground level. So it provides a, a really important function that all of these people are involved with and everything to do with the competition on the track during an event is actually handled by volunteer staff.
1: One of the questions I also wanted to ask, and maybe Amanda might be able to help as well, but we've seen over the last couple of years streaming and the catch it's the catch cry now, the live streaming. We're doing live streaming here this weekend. Um, where do you see the future of that going and where, where's the next for streaming in terms of Andra? Where are we taking that?
0: So the live streaming, Nick, is is event by event, dependent on the facility. When Andra stopped being involved in group one championship, uh, we generally stop being involved in production while, while we try to assist where we can and, and we use some of Andra's great sponsors such as Summit Racing Equipment and Cams to advertise on the streams and pay for advertising space. We're really not in the television production. That being said, from my point of view, live streaming is really important to showcase our sport, our competitors, our facilities. And I think it will continue. It's becoming certainly more cost-effective, fixed cameras, etc. cetera. Um, and over free-to-air television, I don't know about you, Nick, but I don't watch a lot of free-to-air television anymore. Uh, I would rather tune in for a couple of hours on a stream Particularly if it's available after the event on demand, and uh, and view at a time suitable for me.
1: Yeah, certainly. I think drag racing does lend itself to that to be to be viewed afterwards, um, even via a highlights package. So no, certainly agree with that as well. Certainly agree. Look, Brett, I know yourself and Amanda are quite busy, and you're about to to head out. We're about to get started for this evening. So look, I'll leave it there. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and appreciate your time here. Uh, and allowing the Talking Power podcast to come here today.
0: No worries, Nick. Thanks to you and Talking Power for the invite.
1: Okay, welcome back. So if you heard before the break, we had um, Andrew, General Manager, Brett Stevens, and we really appreciate his time for coming on the podcast. And on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. Did you have anything to add, Tom? Oh no,
2: no. I, 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 um.
1: He said to say hello, by the way, Brett. Yeah,
2: I, I, we go back did. a long yeah, long, yeah, time. I, I think that, uh, I mean, it didn't sound to me like Brett was ruling out to come back to Group One racing for Andra. No, no. It's no. just a, you know, um, as he has made mention, we need the tracks on side, mm. and we need the competitors on side. Yep. Um, and you know obviously you need the funding group one uh, even with, with the minimal prize money that they pay is still looking at 65 thousand per event yeah per class yep so if you're going to run all four classes you know that's a lot of money yeah it is yeah so um and then if you're going to run those classes you need to have the bums on seats which means that you need to probably pump that much again into advertising mm. yeah so yeah look i think me personally um I, I i we're at a bit of a crossroads now because mm. You know we, there's so many activist groups that are trying to get us to stop eating meat and.
3: But, <laughs> oh, it's so uh-huh.
2: serious. So I, I don't know if you watch the news. I so, saw it tonight. You know, I, I don't even want to talk about it. That's well, ridiculous. you know it, it needs to be talked about that the um, the vegan movement is upon us. Um, and you know, with that, we're going to be asked not to burn fossil fuel soon. Mm. I mean, you, you know, the the, the I mean, a lot of people are saying that Bill Shorten's already won this election, and uh, he wants by 2030, as we've discussed before, yeah, 50 um, of all new cars to be zero emission. Mm. Now, I don't think he's thought it through because I don't, I don't. The job impact, you know, the the job losses that that's going to have the impact on the economy is phenomenal, and. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I heard I heard a comment the other day. He was interviewed and he got asked, "Oh, you know, how long does it take to charge one of these cars?" And he said, oh, "I don't know, ten, fifteen minutes." And then I heard someone who's obviously from an EV lobby group um, say that, "Yeah, oh, yeah, he's right. They only take you know half an hour to charge now." Um, no, yeah. that's certainly longer than that. That's well, not the case. You know, I I just. I, if you've got a battery that takes that much current that fast, the heat's going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's, not, so, that's not correct. So I don't know if that was a car that Samsung is going to release <laughs> yeah. or, or uh, you know, it certainly won't be allowed on planes. That's sure. <laughs> anyway, nonetheless, um, I, I don't know where we're going with the sport. Luke knew off an amazing article. Oh, great article. About, about, uh, in drag news about introducing electric vehicles into drag racing. You know that I've been someone that's been pushing this for over 20 Mm. years now. Yep. And I'm still keen as mustard. The only, the sad part about the EV, um, revolution evolution whatever you want to call it into drag racing is that those people that have the technology don't want to share it with anyone mm, yep um and that's number one dumb number two non-productive um and you know it'll be the fall of the sport mm. so yeah it's kind of a you know i don't know i don't know i i, I would love to see group one racing come back to Andra. i would mm-hmm. love to see it uh, and a nation united in drag racing again um, but the IHRA, which runs, you know, uh, two or three of the tracks on the East coast. Um, and they're not, you know, they, they, they steal the name from the American association, but they, they really have nothing to do with the American uh, association other than the namesake. And one of the things that they did was they had a meeting with the racers and they said, listen, um, we want you to commit to racing next season because the numbers at Willow Bank were dwindling. Right? So, so the numbers at, at, at uh, Western Sydney, right? they rely a lot on the import market, the, the four-cylinder, rotary, um, six-cylinder guys. And those guys, they're not really into racing. They just want to go down and do a glory run. They don't care if it's on a Wednesday night, mm. whatever. They just want that time slip that says that their car is you know, quick, um, as opposed to people like myself that, uh, you know get into the, the sport and yeah. you know want to want to do the rounds do the racing get win the championships and so on and so forth so what they did was they said if you pre-enter right so pay up front for all season you'll get 10 free tickets for each round right now it costs me about 500 bucks to enter a meeting, mm. mainly because I invite so many, you know, people down for crew, mm. right? And we have a great time, to, yep. you know, we all have a good feed, we have a laugh, mm. especially when we win, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but but um, I think that that was a very, very smart move, because a lot of races went, well, hang on, 45 bucks a ticket, 10 tickets, that's 450 bucks, right? the entry fee is like 200 bucks or something. So yep. you've already covered it. You could sell those tickets mm. and put money in your pocket, yep. you know, if you wanted to be smart about it. Um, but it guaranteed that they were going to get that many races all season. And, you know, I think that maybe the tracks need to start thinking about tactics like that. The other thing is too, and I, I don't know how well received this would be, um, but you know, I've thought about doing it myself and we're in a prime position to do it now because the car's in one piece and, mm. you know, it's, 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 it looks respectable. It's not black anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, going around the schools yeah. and um, firing the cars up, mm. unfortunately, they're very loud. That's the downside. <laughs> but, you know, trying to attract new blood into the sport, trying to, to showcase the sport to people that have never seen it. Because the thing is with drag racing... And, and uh, you can appreciate this because you, you hadn't really gone to a lot of the, the National Open type events uh, until you started coming down.
3: Not for many years. No. Yeah.
2: And when you're down there with all that noise and, and, and you know, the, the violent nature of the vehicles when they're going down the track, it is it is a, a, a pretty cool show. And if you mm. get 10,000 people at the track all, all, all standing on, you know, yeah. the, the edge of the seat, basically... Um, because the cars are so out of control. The atmosphere is fantastic. I mean, you, know, yep. you and I were both there when Kapiris ran it mm. at 6.0. It was amazing. Yep. You know, they yep. had to stop racing for 15 minutes because the crowd just went that crazy. Mm. But you need to get the bums on the seats. You need yeah. to generate that atmosphere. And, and, you know, the state government, um, you know, obviously they don't want to pour money into it. And that's who's running the track at the moment at this stage no private enterprise has taken up the lease or the the offer to buy the premises so we're at a bit of a tricky yeah. spot yeah and and if you're you know you need to you need to be able to spend the money on the advertising and then see a return on it mm. and that's that's where we're at and i you know i mean uh one of the people on on the current it's not a board it's a I, I, I don't know what you call it. They're the people that are, that are involved in running the motorplex at the moment. I guess it is kind of a sort of a board um, said to me that the state government's not too phased now because it it kind of, you know, I don't know if it made a profit, but it, it wasn't a big loss, Yeah, you know? Um, and, and, you know, that's good. But at the end of the day, You know, the crowd numbers have been bad, you know. The one event that they really publicized, which is the the Aeroflow Nitro... um, Nostalgia Nitro Funny Car event, that was a bumper crowd. They had to turn people away. Mm. So, you know, yeah, the show's good, but... Um, you know, they did spend the money on the advertising. So, you know, it's, it's a tricky one, Nick. It's a tricky one. I think that that really what the sport needs is for a sponsor to come along. Mm. Like, you know, back in the day, I probably can't say the name of the, the company because of some legal reason, but, yeah. but um, you know, they they came along and they pumped a lot of money into the sport. If we could get a sponsor like that, uh, you know, whether it's an energy drink or... Yeah. or um, a uh, which will probably be illegal to advertise energy drinks one day, I imagine.
3: One day soon. Yeah. yeah.
1: All right, guys, look on that note. I think we'll bring this, this podcast to an end. Um, thanks, guys, for coming in. Thanks to all of our listeners. And, and and
2: also make sure tonight, 6 till 9, check out Pete on the couch. Yes, certainly. Pete yep. on the couch. He's got heaps of music trivia and... and uh, some great facts about some of the the chart hits that Mm. you've listened to over the years. And uh, Monday morning? No, Monday evening. No, Jono. Oh, Jono, sorry. Can't miss Jono.
1: Sorry, I didn't realise you were going to say Jono. Sorry, my apologies. Jono, is one of my favourites.
2: He's he's very good, sorry, yes. Make sure you check out Jono. And uh, uh, (laughs) Monday, five till seven, Jimmy rocks you. It's on awesome the drive show. home. Yep. Yeah, it is an awesome show. It's good to head on home with Jimmy. Jimmy. Sorry, yeah. so it reminds me of uh, when we were clubbing back in the, <laughs> in the 90s. Yeah, it's the
1: good memories. The mix.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> hey, guys, we also need to mention Kelly Elevalis as well for her work. And um, in the opening credits, that's her voice that you hear there. So really appreciate that, Kelly. And thanks for your time for helping us out on the podcast. All right, guys, we'll wind this one up. Uh, thanks for coming in, Simon and Todd, and thanks for listening to us on
2: 88.5, Where the Valley Comes Alive. iTunes Stitcher, Talk and Power Podcast.
1: Thanks, guys.
0: Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, The Valley Comes Alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.